Before we get into the conversation, I just want to give a huge shout out to the sponsors of this episode, Newzest. They're a plant-based nutrition company that believes in making good nutrition easy for everyone. Newzest produces a range of nutritional products including its clean, lean protein, a sustainable pea protein powder. Pea protein contains all nine essential amino acids that people need to support muscle health and other bodily functions. The clean lean protein variety from Newzest contains up to 21 grams of protein per serving and is a super convenient way to help you achieve your daily protein requirements. I personally love the chocolate flavor which tastes amazing in a smoothie or some overnight oats. Don't take my word for it though, head to newzest.com forward slash PBN to check out its range and use the discount code PBN20 for 20% off. I used to not be able to make vegan jokes because I would come off to like preachy, no pun intended, because I would be angry. <laughs> and then I finally got like a, you know, five minute vegan. It was crazy strong. It was so funny, punched up and it was like fire. And then AGT asked me to perform and that was one of my bits. So I pretty much took like a minute and a half of that bit and I put it on TV so I couldn't use the rest of it. You know, because how many times have you shown someone a meme that you think is so funny and they don't think it's funny? And you're like, what? What is wrong with you? That's how I feel like when I do a joke that doesn't work. I'm like, you don't get it? <laughs> Hi, plant friends, and welcome to another episode of the PBN Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Lockie. This week, we meet Preacher Lawson. He is an American stand-up comedian and vegan advocate, best known for being a finalist on the 12th season of America's Got Talent. He returned for America's Got Talent, The Champions. Preacher was born in Portland, Oregon. He started writing jokes when he was just 16 and then performed for the first time age 17. He won the 2015 Funniest Comedian in Florida and the 2016 Seattle International Comedy Competition. As well as his comedy work, Preacher also runs a very popular YouTube channel where he posts travel vlogs, vegan guides and music videos all with a comedic twist. A passionate vegan, Preacher also posts videos discussing the ethical dimensions of his diet. America's Got Talent Las Vegas Live, a live show taking place at the Luxor Theatre in Las Vegas, has named Preacher as its host when the show premieres in November 12th, 2021. Thanks so much, as always, for listening to this podcast. And if you do enjoy it, please don't forget to comment, like, and share. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It really helps get the message out there. Let's get to the episode. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, Preacher. What a pleasure and a joy to sit down with you. Thank you so much as well for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I've been dying to sit down and hear your story for, for a long time. And I'm glad that we can finally do it. So it's great. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? What's your name, please? Uh, my name is Preacher Lawson. I love that. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 25. I'll turn 26 in two hours. He's young enough to be with me. Are you single, married? I have a girlfriend. You have a girlfriend? She's dope. Yeah. And what do you do for a living? I'm a stand-up comedian, which means I'm unemployed and I do stand-up on the side. So before we get started and learn about all the amazing things that you've been doing with your life over the last few years, uh, take us back in time and tell us your vegan story, because that's what brought us together. That's where we have uh, a commonality in our, in our lives, of course, there's many other things too. But, you know, what is your vegan story? How did you discover this lifestyle and where did it all begin for you? Man, you know, it's just crazy how um, I just never thought I'd be a vegan, but I, you know, I had a, I had a dog and, you know, I think that's where it kind of stemmed from. Because when I, I when people would talk about how you know they love their dogs, the dog is like a, a child or something, and I I would be, I never had a dog before, but I was or a kid, but I was like uh, so I was like it's a it's a dog, like let's just calm down, <laughs> like, 
if you if you say it's your it's if you say a dog is like a child, it's because you don't have any friends. That's why you stink. <laughs> and then turns out I don't have friends and dogs are like kids. So I I fell in love with my dog and I was like, you know, I I was like, I just fell in love with my dog. And I just remember thinking, you know, when I found out pigs were smarter than dogs, I was like, that's kind of weird. So I always thought that was weird. After I had my dog, though, it, 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 I had to have my dog first. Because before I was like, they, it, I remember someone asked me uh, if I went to China, would I try a dog out? And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. What's, what's wrong with that? We eat all these other animals. And then, then when I got a dog, I was like, oh, I'd never do that. And it was weird. And then I found out pigs were smarter than dogs. And then I just remember thinking it was weird. I met someone that was like a vegetarian. And I was like, well, I can. I was like, that seems a little bit easier. You know, and I remember seeing a, a documentary, my ex. And they were like killing elephants for their tusk. Like they weren't even eating the elephant's meat. They were just like, just for the tusk. And they were like selling it for decoration or it was just, you know, artwork for their house. I was like, that was so stupid. I remember thinking, I was like, why are you, they just killing these elephants? And just, I mean, just for the, this is horrible as I'm eating like wings and like a burger, you know, I'm (laughs) then. I remember like we were doing it and it was like, oh snap, we're doing we're doing that right now. You know, I, I uh you know, you kill animal, you kill animal. So, you know, no matter if you use it for its tusk or you use it, you're still utilizing exploiting its body. So I think me and Mike's realized that. And so right then we decided, let's try to be vegetarian. We never decided to do it, we just tried to do it. And uh it was really, really hard in the beginning. Because anything you do in the beginning is hard. You know, if you move to a new, you know, environment, it's going to be hard. And I just remember I, I tried it. We tried it and started feeling better. And we did, was a vegetarian for about a year. We were trying out veganism. You know, I tried it out. I remember um, I seen, we seen this documentary called Earthlings. I was like, oh, well, this makes it easy. Because I always, when I was a vegetarian, I always thought I'd go back. And then when I seen Earthlings, I was like, this is what happens. I just thought it was the worst thing. I'm never crying. Yeah. And so I just, uh, and then, yeah, four years later. And now you're a professional vegan. vegan. Now you're a professional vegan. I know, vegan. right? I'm a professional <laughs> vegan. Yeah. I got my, I got my uh, you know, PhD in veganism. <laughs> no, I didn't think about being a, a preacher vegan because I've done that joke before and people laugh. Even if you're not a vegan, it's a funny thing. Pigs are smarter than chimpanzees. They're just ugly. And you can't eat something just because it's ugly. Because if that's the case, some of y'all looking tasty tonight. Right? That's <laughs> I'm being real. Right? I'll, start, I'll start talking about veganism on stage. And I'll get like emotional. And I'll be like, I mean, you guys are eating all these people. No. You, you had many seeds planted in your mind over the years. Growing up in the USA, like what was it like growing up in the US? You grew up in the US, right? Yeah, yeah. What what did it what was it like growing up in the US? Like what was the sort of food culture that you were surrounded wow. by? What kind of things were you exposed to? Well, you know, listen, man, you know, people just assume that black people love fried fried chicken. And you're right, but so does everybody. So everybody loved fried chicken. That was especially in the South, that's a huge thing, you know, like fried foods in general. And uh, you know, I used to grow I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, Memphis in May, so it's a bunch of barbecue and it's a bunch of just like it's crazy even think I was yeah I, I did that but, but it was yeah so it's just there were no we were no for like barbecue and stuff so I mean there's a lot of time we were vegan not by choice just because we only could afford ramen noodles but <laughs> but um yeah I wasn't like it was veganism was not an option it's because the South is like 
they think that veganism is like a, you know, just a th- new fad, you know, like a new thing that people do. And it's not, I mean, it's, 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 it's blowing up a little bit now, you know, because the internet, people can research a little bit and they're finding out what's going on. And it's a little different now, but it, it was, I mean, I don't know how people were vegan in the 90s or early 2000s. I just don't know. Like now it's really easy. got options. But you were know, you exposed of, to any? Were you exposed to any no. vegetarians or vegans as a child? Did you no, know? No, I all? wasn't. Nope. Was nope. The, I didn't know Michael idea Jackson of... was a vegan. <laughs> I didn't know he was a vegetarian. <laughs> I think it was vegan or vegetarian. You, Which one was he? Were you? I think vegetarian. Um, yeah. But wait. But as a child, though, did you? Were you aware of the fact that people no. could live without eating meat? No, I just didn't think of that as like I never. I just thought that meat was. Like everyone else, I was like, "Yeah, it's where my protein comes from." But I, I don't, I didn't, I don't know, man. I think someone's trying to explain what a vegan. I mean, listen, I'll tell people I'm a vegan, and then they'll be like, "What about fish?" Like people just don't, they can't. <laughs> they ask that every single time. I'll say I don't eat meat. What about fish? What do you think fish mm. is? It's meat <laughs> salad. What are you it's talking? Fish is yeah. a vegetable. It's like you're either, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's people, you, you either lettuce, your rock or your meat. And it's like, that's just what it is. Your meat as well. You know, you got meat on your body. People don't know what veganism is. I mean, people are knowing now, but like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times where I'll, I'll be, I'll be performing at a venue and then I'll be like, give me some vegan food. And then they have like eggs or cheese. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? They're like, you said vegan, right? <laughs> like, they'll think they'll know. He's a, he's a, like it'll, be, it'll, it'll be in my it'll be my writer not for it to be vegan and then i remember someone gave me some uh pizza i spent this whole time talking to this person they were like yeah you would you like anything i'm like no nah, I'm, I'm okay he's like what about some pizza i was like you guys have some vegan pizza they're like yeah you want some vegan cheese pizza and i was like yeah you guys have vegan cheese pizza i was so excited because i was like man i love i can't wait for this vegan cheese pizza in kentucky this is gonna be so. <laughs> this is gonna be. It's crazy because I never thought Kentucky would, mm. you know, because they eat roadkill. So you know, they eat the food. They hit the food and then they cook it after they, you know. So I was like, "There's no way that." And then right. she came back with some regular wow. cheese pizza, and I was like, "Hey, this is not. This is not what. This is not vegan." They was like, <laughs> "They try to argue with me." Yeah, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> so people don't know. People just don't know what veganism is or, veg, you know, vegetarian, pescatarian. They don't know, know those things. But, I mean, people are starting to know now, especially in the, like, yeah, especially now. I heard, like, a statistic, like, there's, like, for, uh, there's more, percentage-wise, there's more black people that are, are vegan than any other race. That's what I heard. Mm. Absolutely you know, I, I th- true. I think it's I, gro- it's I, the fast, fastest growing group of uh, kind of ethnic group in the US, uh, African American people picking up and taking on the plant based lifestyle. You are cooking, cooking, cooking okay. with a comedian. What's up, y'all? We are making some vegan burgers. Some vegan. You see my shirt? Got my vegan shirt on? Yeah. Not veggie burgers. I know we already made some veggie burgers, but not vegetarian. I was a vegetarian at that time. I'm a vegan now. If you don't know the difference between vegans and vegetarians, a vegan is way more annoying. I know some of y'all meat eaters hate me. I know you do. 
I know you do. You like, oh, you went from a vegetarian to a vegan. That's like going from a loser to a bigger loser. Shut up. I don't need me. All right. I get my protein from quinoa and beans. I get my calcium from kale. I get, I get my all my minerals and all that from like fruit. And I get my out. The heck with y'all. Why don't y'all love me, man? So I made a veggie burger. I put cheese and I put eggs in it. I know a lot of people was like, you can't be a vegetarian and eat cheese and eggs, and then they don't know anything about being a vegetarian, because yes you can, you can't be a vegan and have those things. I didn't know either, I'm not saying you're dumb, you are, but I'm not, you know, you didn't know. I didn't know either. Before I stopped, stopped eating meat, I just thought all vegetarian vegans ate grass. So veganism is pretty much no animal products. And that's it. Going back to sort of that time when you started to realize that you could live without eating meat and you could live without eating animals. What did your, you know, and I always love to ask this to my, the people I interview, what did your friends and family, because obviously coming from an African-American upbringing and also black culture in the US, as you said, it's a very meat heavy culture, generally speaking, obviously things are changing, but back then, like how did people around you, your family, did they, how did they react to it? So I, when I did it, it you know, it, um, you know, this is like, you know, four or five years ago. So it's, um, I was grown already and my, you know, people have changed. I mean, I remember my mom, like, you know, my mom didn't want, uh, you know, she grew up really religious and uh, she didn't want any gay children. And she was like, she kind of let that be known. Like, I don't want any of my kids being gay. You can't date any, you can't date outside your race. You can't date no Hispanic. You can't date Asian. You can't be not date white. It has to be a black woman. Like, that's the kind of, you know, uh, that's how, what life was like when we were kids. So my oldest brother's gay and my ex is, one of my exes is white. So like my mom, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't care. She doesn't care anymore. She's a little, well, she's way more open-minded when, I mean, now than she was before, you know, she was, uh, you know, she grew up a lot of, around, uh, a lot of racism and, uh, she was just, uh, grew up around, uh, she was just, she's way different. So she's actually, I mean, my whole family's vegan. You know, oh, so wow. yeah, most Amazing. families vegan. Like while my siblings were talking about being vegan, they tried to be vegan before. I just kind of consistently stuck with it, and then everyone, you know, everyone kind of. But they were vegan before I was. But I just been, I was the most consistent, and then everyone else just tried it out. And then we are, you know, we're all vegan now. My mom, my two brothers, yeah. I think my sister, she's like, she like, you know, dips in the veganism sometimes, but she's not a vegan. Times are different now, but. I mean, fans, I mean, I was like, and I also lost a lot of friends because when I first became vegan, I think everyone goes to his face, but I was really militant. I mean, I was like pretty, like, I just couldn't understand. Like, <laughs> I feel like I see Narnia. Like I was trying to tell people like, you guys don't realize what you're doing. <laughs> like, That's like every chance I get, every video, like every, every conversation. I wouldn't just up and say I was a vegan, but I would just, I would love to have that conversation. You know, like I wouldn't, like people always have this idea like, oh, well, you know, you you know, I hate that joke. Where they're like, yeah, if you want to know someone's vegan, wait five seconds, they'll tell you. It's like, nah, it's not how it works, man. This is not, what happens is you offer, it's like, hey, you want this burger? And you're like, nah, I can't eat that burger. And they're like, why? Because you're vegan. That's how it happens. We don't just open up with hey um you know it's just it, yeah it's crazy but uh <laughs> but I, I always i always love that story when people say how do you know when someone's vegan and they say well they tell you and then you say how do you know someone's a meat eater and you say well they tell that stupid joke this stupid <laughs> joke i mean just the corniest joke it's weird that they tell that joke and it's like who do you think is gonna laugh at that or they or they send me a, they send me this meme 
where I hate this. I hate this where they say uh, you get mad at me for eating meat and you drinking water. That's a fish house. You seen that TikTok? No. You seen that? You ever seen that? They were like, no, that's that sounds a fish horrendous. Joop, joop. You're taking a fish house or something like that. I don't know. Something that's stupid. Funny. It's so but that's like, like, that's you know that kind of behavior is 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 kind of so common, isn't it? And the way that yeah. our, but also you know how you mentioned about how your family may have reacted in the beginning, being a little more conservative uh, about many things, probably including diet as well. You know, it's a huge shift for people uh, to make this change, and I think a lot of the time people don't understand just how much of a big deal it is. You know, we often talk about veganism and when we've been vegan for many years, we do take it for granted of how much of a challenge it is for many people, especially when food is such a huge part of your culture. Um, you know, I've been to the US many times and I've got um, many many African-American friends and food is such a big part of African-American culture, black culture. Uh, it's less so in the UK here, our kind of food culture is stolen everybody else's cultures but you know in, in the u.s like you know black food culture is is so entwined with, with with everyday life and then when you come along and you say to your mum and dad or your family i don't want to eat this food anymore suddenly the family think that you are turning your back on on the, on your culture so it's understandable oh absolutely i mean I, I still get messages that where people say like give me your black card i'm like what shut up like i can't get I've already experienced too many black packs. <laughs> it is it is an interesting thing because I think there is this perception that veganism or eating meat free is a white thing or it's like a middle class white thing and that who are you as a white person to come and tell me what to, to eat and how to eat and how to live? And many, many of my black friends who I've spoken to have said that initially it was quite hard to advocate for veganism within their community because you know, a lot of um, African-Americans originally, it's changing now, of course, but you know, going back 5, 10, 15 years ago, um, it was very, very difficult to even talk about it. And it obviously, you know, amazingly, and, ha and thanks to social media, has been changing every single day, which is fantastic. But on, on the topic of, of kind of culture and race, um, you know, I'm interested to hear and learn a little bit, bit about, you know, your lived experience as a, an African-American man growing up in the U.S. And a lot of things have been changing over the years and life has obviously become lived. You know, we live online now. There's so much sort of going on on social media and the conversation around race and culture uh, and American culture has, has been sort of really laid bare on social media over the last years to show all the, the good side, but also all the ho horrors as well of what it's like to be living in the US as a, an African-American person. How have things sort of changed for you from your childhood compared to where we are today? Are things changing, heading in the right direction or do you still feel like there's a very, very long way to go? Oh, no, man. I think I have a, a morbid perception on that. Because I think a lot of things, you know, revolve around class and race and all that stuff. But I mean, I, I do think I think a lot has changed, and I think uh, you know, I mean, I grew up a little differently. So I mean, I was like, I was like the only black kid in my school in the beginning of my life. You know, from I moved when I was nine, but before I was living in a place called Portland, Oregon. Portland is the whitest major city in America, and uh, I wasn't in Portland. Actually, I was in like Newburgh area and i was like the only black kid in my school you know because i was younger than my siblings and and uh you know they were only black people in their school but it was like we were only black people so like it just was a little different like uh, i remember you know i remember like uh one one of the schools 
try to sit down and talk to my mom after after uh, school was like, hey, you know, you know, I think your your kid should move to you know the inner cities, you know. And then my mom was like, why? Because he's black. And then they were like, yeah, that's yeah, that's what we were thinking. <laughs> they didn't even try to be like they didn't try to go around. They was like, no, no, yeah, it's because he's black, and they want to keep. You know, Which is the that. pure definition of racism, right? That is racism in action, right there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's like, I mean, it's just so much racism. There's just, I mean, there's so much. Like, if you go, like, when I was in England, right? I was in England, and then I, you would ask them to do an impression of, like, you know, Americans. They do three impressions. You do like, I'm from America, and I sound like this, right? Or they do, I'm American, and like, like, they do that one. Or they do, yo, 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 my man. You know, that's like Trevor Noah's favorite impression. Of black. And uh, that's the three impressions. So they go off what they see on TV. So I think a lot of times, so you go in like United States that, you know, the reason blackface is such a, a bad thing is because they wouldn't let black, act, black actors act. And they may, would take white people and put in a blackface. And they would make those characters always the murderers, the rapists, and just the villains. So white people that didn't grow up around black people they seen that and then they were like oh that's how black people are the same way like you know maybe uh some other group people might see rap and be like oh that's how rap is and it's like those are some rappers <laughs> you know like you know you got some rappers that rap about like clubs you know money and girls and then you have some things talk about politics and some are just really just poets that are rhyming on a beat you know like it's just there's so the rap is so diverse. So, same with like black people, like we're so diverse. But you have some, a lot of times, white people that didn't like. I was, I was, I was a lot of white people's first black people. You know, a lot of times I would, I would see a white person. They, I'd be the first black person they had seen. You know, that wasn't on TV. So, and then they'd have this idea of what I am. I mean, some. I mean, I would. We would be playing with kids and then the because the kids don't really they don't really know as much that, you know, they'd be like, why is your hand white on one side, black on the other? Right. And, and then you have, you know, parents that would be like, you know, get away from my kid. <laughs> like, get away. <laughs> you know, so uh, now it's a little it's a little different. So, you know, the Internet, like I'm saying before, you know, they you can discover vegan recipes and how vegan food tastes good. And you can still you can discover what happened to what black people went through. Like I did a video and I was talking about how that I don't know the amount of times I've been pulled over from walking. Like I lost count. How many times I've been pulled over from walking Like cops pulling over and giving them to your ID. You know, I've had that happen all the time. I, I remember when I was walking with a group of my white friends, in my twenties, early twenties, I just remember getting pulled over and these cops being like, let's see your ID. And I was like, for what? And there was like someone broke in down the street. And I was like, well, you know, I look like my ID, right? <laughs> You're gonna look at my ID and know that's I'm the guy that broke in. You just wanna you just wanna see if I got a record because I'm, you know, I'm black and you're trying to see if I'm like running. I don't know. So, but but that was the first time they ever been pulled over from walking. But for me, that was like, okay, this is Tuesday. But I didn't know that was different until I spoke to them and they were like, that's the first time that's ever happened to me. So I mean, it's just I think that things are um are a little bit different but i mean this there's still more, more work to be black, done yeah more yeah more work to be done there's still more black men in jail than there were men women children slaves at the height of slavery right so it's like 
Okay. Yeah, don't get me started about the prison system in the US. I, I was horrified to learn a, a few years ago that much of the prison system in the United States is privatized, that it runs yeah. for profit. And yeah. when I heard about, I learned about that on that um, document, not documentary, on the TV series Orange is the New Black, which is a, obviously a, a dark comedy. Um, you know, well, it's that's about cool. The, that that's how you learned that. That's really cool. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I think why the writers created that that yeah, series to, that show. to to show people. Um, that the American prison system is been has been privatized and runs as a profit, and that for it to run at a profit, it has to have a ninety seven percent. It has to be filled ninety seven percent for it to run at a profit, which wow. it's, it it yeah. almost incentivizes the imprisonment of people. And who are the easy targets in the USA? Young black men. Um, and there's there's obviously loads of documentaries now about it, and the, and the information about it is now becoming more widely uh, understood, but. As someone who sort of cares about these issues, I'm I'm frustrated and angered on a daily basis about the injustice that goes on in places like the US, which is meant to be this sort of, you know, bastion of freedom. People always talk about the American dream and, and what a wonderful country it is. But, you know, he's sitting over here in, 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 the, in the UK and seeing everything that happened over the last few years with George Floyd and all the other, you know, killings of, of young black people. It does fill me with rage on a daily basis. And I feel, you know, kind of so angered by politics and politicians about their inaction to bring change. But, you know, obviously, you know, this is your lived experience and you have experienced this living, living this, living in this culture. Do you ever sort of have a desire to sort of leave the US or do you feel sort of it's important for you to stay and sort of maintain a you know, your your representation of who you are in your country? Because I have many friends in the US who, who are kind of cannot wait to leave um, and are frustrated by the way things are. I'm American, you know, whether I, I like the way they treated my ancestors or not. This is where all I know. This is, you know, I, I, this is not all I know. I, I If it's my go outside the country, I'm treated better. I mean, that's true. <laughs> you know, I'm treated better, but I do like, I this is my home. You know, I remember when I was, I was on Britain's Got Talent, and then they were asking me, asking everyone to carry the flags. And then I was supposed to be first. I was going to be first. And they were like, all right, here's your here's American flag. And I was like, I'm not holding that. Because I was so, I was like, I'm not holding that flag. I was like, that. first off, um, I don't like the way they treat me. <laughs> you know, they treat me better here. I was like, I'm just not, I mean, just like a black person. Like, I feel like I was like holding a flag like that. It was just like, I, I just remember thinking like, no, I'm not doing that they were like trying to bake you know nationalism right it's hard to feel nationalistic yeah then they you know then uh but then someone asked me a question they were like well what do you what would you do if it was the olympics you know and i was like oh you know yeah because the olympics they kind of represent america and i'm like you know it's like i i have have family members that are blood i don't like they're still my family so the same with like america like I, i mean I don't, I'm not going to, where, where else am I going to claim? I can't believe right. I'm from Africa, you know, because right. I'm not. I don't know how to speak any, I don't know how to speak any of the African languages. You know, like, I just know that my answers, you know, it's, you know, I just know my bloodline goes there. So, but, uh, so yeah, so I'm from America. So I, I, don't, I don't really plan on leaving. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't know because it's, I, 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 listen. I, I get. Uh, I totally get it. I mean, I, I'm. You know, I grew up in Africa. I grew up in Zimbabwe. Oh, born. Oh, did born, you? That's crazy. Born in Africa. Born in Zimbabwe. My my family escaped Europe um, in the sort of 
I think like a 14th century uh, French Huguenots kind of religiously persecuted by the Catholics in, in, in France. And my, my, fam- my father's family escaped and ended up in Africa, you know, trying to get away from persecution and enslavement. The Hugo- Huguenots were enslaved by the Catholics, would you believe, which is crazy, crazy long story. But w- identity is such an interesting thing because, you know, I was born in Zimbabwe, born in Africa, but I obviously have Caucasian skin. I present as Caucasian. I do have some African blood, but I don't I, I really struggle with identity. I was born in Africa, but I grew up in England. I've been here since I was 19. Uh, I am British because I've been here half my life, but I was born in Africa, but I'm not seen as African, but I'm not seen as British either because I come from Africa. Um, people of you know ethnically original people from Africa don't see me as African. But then people in Britain don't really see me as British. So it's identity is such an interesting thing. Like, where is home? Where do you belong? And people in the UK, some of my black friends in the UK talk to me about this all the time, how even though they are born in this country, they are often asked whilst on the bus, where are you from? (laughs) And they say, I'm from here. I'm born in the UK. I'm British. And people say, are you sure? Where where are you from? And like, the real question is like, what's your ancestry? Like, where do your family originate from? And and the irony is about this world is that, you know, all these borders and boundaries we've created for ourselves as people have only really created division amongst people. And that, you know, I, I hope to, to live. And this is why I do feel like even though veganism is not without its racism and its sexism and its homophobia, etc., the, the vision of a world where people can live in compassionate harmony with each other and the animals is a vision that I hold very close to my heart because I do genuinely believe that that world is possible, that without hatred and without racism, you know, human beings alongside animals, that we can live in a harmonious world. And I think that, you know, when I asked you about, do you want to stay there or do you want to travel and, and leave some and live somewhere else? It's always that question of like, are you are we prepared to stay in a place where we're persecuted or are we, are we willing to leave and start a new life somewhere else? Or should we maintain our identity, which is deeply entwined with the country that we're born in? And it can be very difficult. And I, I, I generally wasn't expecting you to give me a straight answer because I know how hard it is. And that's why I wanted to share that story with you because identity and and our culture is 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 so intertwined with who we are and it, it isn't always easy just to say oh yeah sure I'll just go live in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean listen. But, uh, I mean that's first of all that's crazy. I mean I didn't even know I, I feel like I should have known that. I think you might have said it before. But I I yeah that's uh yeah that's pretty that's pretty insane but it's really cool that you can kind of like you know the same thing you can kind of go kind of go through you will know exactly where I'm coming from. Um, because I would, if play, any place I would go, they're like, you're not from here. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've been living exactly. here for a long time, but like, nah, I don't care how long, unless you're, unless you're blood. If like me, you're passionate about purchasing products from brands who choose considerate and sustainable business practices, you might want to hear about Newzest. They're the sponsor of this episode. The makers of plant-based nutrition products Newzest have a genuine care for the environment. That's why its products are made from sustainable European golden peas grown in clean, toxic-free environments in northern France. Peas are one of the most sustainable sources of plant-based proteins. They use less land and less water while putting nitrogen back into the soil. Newzest manufacturing also has a low carbon footprint. It uses no chemicals in its protein isolation process, purifies and recycles the water it uses, and it turns all waste into biofuel. Its canisters are also 100% recyclable. 
Find out more about Newsest and their eco-friendly supply chain at newsest.com forward slash PBN. I don't feel safe driving with my grandma because she's really spiritual. She loved the Lord to the point where she's not afraid of dying. So I don't like that, all right? <laughs> I don't like being in a car with someone that's not afraid of death, okay? Like, she got that attitude like, if I die, I'm going to heaven, so it don't matter. <laughs> Like it does matter because I'm in the car, okay? <laughs> this is how spiritual my grandma is. If I got shot in the chest with a gun eight times, instead of her calling the ambulance, she would get on her knees praying, like, please, Lord Jesus, I get these eight demons outside my grandbaby's chest. Let the bullets rise up and part ways from his chest, like molded to the Red Sea. Yes, Lord. I let the blessings rain down. Yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Lil John 316. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from a cultural identity and, you know, um, who we are as people, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what you do today, which is your comedy. I'd love to learn a little bit about like how it all started for you. You know, where did where did this idea to where did this this sort of this the inspiration really to 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 stand and and speak and use your words to make people laugh and bring joy? Where did that all begin? Um, you know, I, I it came from me just uh, wanting to be on a sitcom. You know, just a TV show, and I noticed the TV show that most sitcoms. Like ninety nine percent, you know, they star comedians. That's so I decided to do comedy. That's the only reason I started to do comedy. And then I found out that I was like, oh, I just like stand up. Like stand up is what I love doing. And I I fell in love with it. Now I'm getting more into writing, like you know, you know, movies and TV shows. But you know, I, I just I just love being on stage and being able to crack people up. It's really cool. And what was the was you you saw a sitcom on TV and you wanted to be on it or you just had this like vision of being on one? I wanted to be on one, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Will Smith. He, he, that was my favorite <laughs> sitcom. Hey, my brother, you gonna let her tip him like that? <laughs> Man, what does she do when y'all eat out? Everybody, this is Frank. Frank, this is everybody. Come on, honey. I'll show you to your room. Excuse me, but uh, what happened to the little lady y'all promised me? Here's five dollars. Go find your own. Gee, when Janice described him, she didn't mention that he was tall. I have any problem with people who who are tall. My cousin used to date a girl who was uh, tall. Hey, the boys go to a predominantly tall school. Am I alone in this? I didn't know y'all noticed he was white. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I just love Will Smith. Like people always, when they see me, they 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 uh, think of Eddie Murphy and. Kevin Hart, but that's because those are the most famous black comedians of all time, <laughs> you know? So it's, I don't, I, if you actually look at my comedy, you're like, that's Will Smith when he did stand up, you know? <laughs> that's, that's Will Smith that he did stand up, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, were you, were you really funny as a kid? Did you like, were you a joker and a class clown and stuff? Yeah. I, I mean, I was a, I was a class clown in, um, 
some classes, but I was quiet in a lot. I would say I was quiet in half classes and the other half, you know, some teachers wouldn't like you to joke around. And then there's some teachers that kind of let you get loose. If everybody in the class was quiet, then I'd be like, I'll take it from here. And then I would become like kind of a comedian. But for the most part, I was pretty quiet. So some people say that comedians are the most depressed people on earth. Is this true? No, I think that, um, you know, comedians come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, I'm pretty depressed, but I don't know if all these other comedians, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I I, I don't. So I think that's like crazy because everyone gets, well, not, excuse me, everyone doesn't get depressed because I do meet people and they're like, I don't, sadness, what, you know, but I go, I mean, everyone, there's there's hills and valleys, you know, for everyone. Uh, So I don't, I don't, you know, there is this narrative that, you know, comedians get depressed, but I know plenty of comedians that don't get, they're not sad at all. Like they're not sad. For the most part, I'm pretty happy. And I go through my low moments, but I think everybody does. So it's like, I, I when I'm going through it, I just kind of like, kind of trash talk myself <laughs> to get out of it. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. I do, man. If I'm, if I'm in my car, I'll just be, I'll be talking to myself out loud. And I'm like, man, shut up. Okay, are you serious? This is what you said about? <laughs> so you have that internal monologue that you have kind of running. I will say right. it out loud. I'll say it out loud, man. I'll talk to myself, man. I I, I will. Because for some reason it, in my head. Yeah, I was going to say that, that when you do talk to yourself, you know, we joke about it, but there's a part of us that does listen, you know, when yeah. we give ourselves that pep talk or when we do talk do down to ourselves. I do. I do. I yeah. do all the time. If we put ourselves down, there's a part of us that listens. For and sure. We put, and we, you know, so it's important what we say to ourselves. Yeah. I, I definitely try to like, I don't, I don't, I don't say stuff like you're so stupid. You know, I'd be like, man, I'm okay. Like you can't, this is, it's cause usually when I'm things that bother me, they're just like pretty dumb. You know, like it's never like it's uh, it's never like I had a friend. His, uh, you know, he's not like my best friend. He's just a, he's a really he's a you know he's a he's a good guy, and you know we we do uh, done a bunch of shows together. You know, and uh, I don't know he's just a cool person. His son died uh, today, earlier today, and it's like that's something to be sad about. You know, that's that's horrible. I mean, I can't even imagine you passed away before your child, you know, so, and I can't even, honestly, no one's, no one in my family has passed away. <laughs> like nobody. I had my grandfather, my grandfather passed away when I was 17, but I wasn't near him, you know, so I, I didn't, you know, and then my, my auntie passed away and I had a couple of friends pass away, but no one like tight to me. So I'm like, not nah, look, I mean, it's just like everyone's, I've been so lucky that everywhere's this wood at. Okay. Uh, but I've been so lucky. I haven't had real reason. I thought that was cry. someone knocking on your door. <laughs> no, so you knocking, knocking on wood. Knocking on wood. Knocking on wood. Yeah, because <laughs> when it happens, let's be real, it's going to be like dominoes. They're all... It's going to happen, yeah. It's We're gonna, all going to die gonna... at some point. <laughs> but it's going to be at the there's same two time because things... we're still alive. There's two There's two things there that we can be certain in life is death and taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself. I don't pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Taxes in uh, England are crazy. <laughs> like, crazy. Straight. Next level. I yeah. mean, you know, what's the point of I working? Mean, you may as well just say like, give all your money to the government. It's crazy. It's insane. I mean, it's forty percent. Forty percent of it. Of, I of mean, our, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what the that's what um, the one percent pay in in uh, you know in uh, America. 
you know, they pay like four. I mean, and then you still gotta get away with it. You know, you still gotta. I mean, that's why we have free. We have free healthcare. That's that helps. I think. Um, that's it's so that's how I stupid that's, that that's we how don't I justify it to myself. It yeah, is. I stupid. mean, it's gotta be. I mean, this. I mean, that's like. I mean, it's crazy not to have it. It's weird. It's just weird. Like it's weird that you gotta pay for it. But we've been doing it doing it for so long. We think you know people here think it's normal. You know, like yeah, you know, it's, paying for healthcare is crazy. It's, it's crazy. Un, it's unbelievable. I think it should be a to me. Health is a human right, um, yeah. and that you know, this is what the monster of the capitalist model has created. Is it's commodified, it's commercialized health. When you know, all people deserve a right to be healthy, and you know, it's really, really important. But just going back to like your 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 comedy and your jokes like how do you source those do they come from your experience because you know you hear like a lot of comedians they go on stage and they talk about their family and they take the piss out of their wives or their dads or their husbands or wives you know where do you draw your creativity from because obviously we you know as you said we all have our highs and our lows we all go through like peaks and troughs in life you know how much of that do you draw on when you when you're on stage Okay, well, I, I I don't know how to make depressing well, things I'm depressed about that funny. I mean, I could I can make it funny, like uh, when I'm talking to my friends, you know, I'll crack them up. But it's things I would never say on stage, I guess. But I, it's not like I never, I just can't, I don't know how to make it that funny. But I, I try to make, um, you know, just stories funny. Like if I'm telling a story and, you know, you start laughing, I'll probably write it down. You know, I'll be like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll start talking about that. But. You know, I, I used to not be, you know, I used to not be able to make vegan jokes because I would come off too like, you know, preachy, no pun intended. But I would, yeah, I would be, I would be like, because I would be angry. <laughs> and then I finally got like a crazy, like crazy strong, like, you know, five minute vegan. It was crazy strong. It was so funny and it was like punched up and it was like fire. And then AGT asked me to perform, and that was one of my bits. So I pretty much took like a minute and a half of that bit, and I put it on TV. So I couldn't use the rest of it. So it's three and a half minutes I had to throw away. So, but it was like really tight. It was really tight. And I even tried to bring it back. I was like, well, what if I say it? And I was like, no, nah, it doesn't work like that. So, but yeah, yeah. So I finally got it. And I, you know, some of it is on uh, YouTube, but it just takes, it just takes a long time. You know, because how many times have you shown someone a meme that you think is so funny and they don't think it's funny? And you're like, what? What is wrong with you? That's how I feel like when I do a joke that doesn't work. I'm like, you don't get it? A <laughs> uh, little about myself. I'm a vegan. Yes, I'm a vegan, which means I don't. Yeah. All right. Thank you, three vegans. All right. I appreciate it. So a vegan, we don't eat animals. We don't eat meat or whatever. And the reason I decided to be a vegan because I had a dog and I fell in love with my dog. And I was like, I can't eat my dog. You know, I can't. Can't do it. And I know what some of y'all are thinking, a black vegan, he must be married to a white girl. Psych, we broke up. So uh, that's not true at all. Nice try. Yes. What is the worst experience you've ever had at a gig? Like, talk to me about the, the worst, the, being on stage, what was the worst what experience you ever had in that sense? Um, the worst experience. I was in Cleveland bombing. I was bombing so bad, uh, I... Um... I was supposed to do 30 minutes, but I didn't have to pause for laughter. So mm. I ended up doing 15 minutes. Mm. And I forgot some jokes. And then I got booed. I mean, it was just really, it <laughs> was, worst. yeah, it was pretty bad. It was like, boo, the worst. get off stage. And I was like, wow. It people was just, are yeah. Yeah, people are ruthless, man. But it wasn't like, 
I've never had. I mean, I've had some woman run up and hit me with a champagne bottle in my no uh, way. Yeah, in my area, because she was a it was a bachelorette party, and she you know she was just really she was an easy target. So uh, I made a couple jokes on her. I maybe went too far, but <laughs> she what did she she walked past the bouncers? What made me mad? I'm like, where'd the security at? How's she get? She, was she like came and champagne bashed you. Yeah, she champagne bashed me in the. In the Jangling dang dang. So oh my lord. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. I haven't really had anything too crazy. I mean, people just threatened mm-hmm. to beat me up, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I'll be fine. Some of the obviously the biggest stages that you've been on is uh, Americans America's Got Talent. Uh once in 2017 and again in 2019. What was that like? Like explain to us that experience because it's pretty wild, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's really crazy. I mean, 2000 and uh I believe it was 2018 I was on America's Got Talent. I was it 2018? I think it was the first time. Cause oh no, it's 2017. 2017. Cause 2016 I moved to LA. So 2017 I, I went on AGT and that was pretty insane. I remember I soaked in the moment. I remember I I can I can replay all the moments because you know I I I really soaked in. I remember doing a competition in Seattle called the Seattle International Comedy Competition. And it was the first time I ever performed in front of theaters. And I remember thinking I didn't get to enjoy it because I was so focused on winning the competition. I didn't enjoy the fact that I was doing theaters for the first time. So when I was on AGT, I remember being an autopilot saying my jokes. I was saying my jokes and I was doing like, because I've I've done the bit so many times. Like I, I have the pacing and everything down. And I'm doing it, but in my head, I'm looking around and I'm like, man, this is 3,500 people. This is four layers of people. There's Simon Cowell, Mel B, Heidi, and Howie Mandel, Tyra Banks right over there. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, this is crazy. Like, I remember soaking it in. It was pretty crazy. And then, you know, that year I performed in front of the most people ever, which was, I think, 14,000 people. The second biggest was probably like the Wembley, you know, Wembley or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty nice. That was their and what was the what was the response like from the, you know obviously you're on social media so when you're on a show like that you I imagine you get a huge surge in following what was it like kind of being on the other end of that I remember before I was like how does Rihanna deal with Instagram like I just remember thinking you know which congrats Rihanna she became a millionaire today apparently I just remember thinking, how do you deal with that? And you just can't. You got to turn off your notifications. So I don't have my notifications on. I uh, Unless unless someone I follow has tagged me in something, you know. And even then, like, I kind of stay away from my phone now. But uh, it was, my phone was, I want to say it was, like, halfway battery. Maybe, like, lower. You said what? Oh, yeah. So Loving it died. My, my phone died. Because it was too many. It was like, bling, 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 bling. People calling me. Bling, bling. It was just, like, yeah. the whole, it wouldn't stop. So I just remember mm. thinking it was, cra- I, man, I thought it was crazy. And I remember when I was um, I was on it for a couple of weeks and I hadn't been recognized yet, I think. And I think I kept trying to get recognized. <laughs> like I kept walking through the stores, like trying to get recognized. <laughs> you guys been watching TV lately? Huh? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, just want to say I represent America. All right. We got One of those supermarket here. moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to. I was trying to get recognized so bad. And then it just now I get recognized every day. So it's really cool. I get recognized at least at least once a day. 
And uh, it's not it's not like, you know, it's I'm not no I'm not no Kevin Hart. So when I get recognized, I love it. I think it's great. You know, I'm, you know, no one's really like I mean, they just might ask me a couple too many questions, but I could just leave. Like I feel like Kevin Hart. He can't walk anywhere. <laughs> it's life, it life is a strange through. experience isn't it like I, I have a very small you know not compared to you but a sort of small awareness of you know going out and going to like a, a vegan restaurant and someone coming over to you and they know you before you've even seen them they know oh every vegan you knows you i mean there's no you <laughs> it's not even you know you're like yeah i mean it's crazy you get I, if you're a vegan you have to know who you are it's crazy i mean people have to freak out I mean, I was I was freaking out when I mean I'm I'm a huge yeah I, I'm a huge fan of you and and uh, I mean you know plant based news and uh, everything Ed uh, Joey Carbstrong I mean I've seen just I've seen everything I've just so when they like having them follow me back on social media or you guys talking to me like this I think it's really cool I think this is really cool but I was like I remember Earthling Ed when he like when he when I think I was on my YouTube and I seen that he had followed me on subscribed to me on YouTube I was freaking out. I was, like, <laughs> I was freaking out, man. I was like, uh, amazing. I called my, I called my, 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 uh, my ex up. She wasn't even my girlfriend at the time. I was like, yo, guess who falls? <laughs> called my friends. I called my ex. I called my agent. Yeah. I know we're broken up right now, but check this out. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, yeah, yeah social really media cool. is a strange world, isn't it? It's uh yeah. I, I love it. I love a love-hate relationship with it. I'm not gonna lie. It's uh it does a it does some incredible things and it helps us reach a lot of people and spread the message, but it is definitely not without its um without its downfalls. But it you know, I will continue to use this as long as I can to spread this important message, life-saving message, literally, you know, saving and reversing the you know illness in people and obviously also protecting our planet from the impending climate breakdown, which we're currently experiencing. Just some quick fire questions. I think we've got a little bit of time left, about 10 minutes or so, but some quick fire questions from Klaus. And he said, you, to- you told Klaus in 2019 that you were single. The ladies want to know if you're still single. <laughs> yeah, I'm single. Right. Yeah, I'm single. I don't even know how I'd be in a relationship. I don't think I could do it. I don't uh, know if I, I want a girlfriend back. I want to. On wife, kids, all of that, but that's that's so hard. Should I put I your Should I put your phone number? I'll put your phone number <laughs> in the first line of the uh... <laughs> available single, ready to mingle. <laughs> Next question: What do you eat in a day? Oh man, I don't. I, you know, my mom cooks for me. <laughs> that's probably why I'm single. No, but uh, my my uh, my mom. You know, like I want to take care of my mom, but she just makes it easy. She's like, "Well, I don't, you know, you know." Since I started making a little bit of money, I'm like, "I don't, I don't want her to work anymore." And she's like, "Well, I still want to work, so you need me to do anything." So she just cooks for me, and you know, and then she does the merchandise for me at shows and stuff. And so I just, I don't, I usually don't, um, I don't eat till till I wake up around nine o'clock, maybe eight or nine, depending on the day. Sometimes seven. I mean, well, today I woke up at five, so it just it depends, but. I usually don't eat till two o'clock. So wow. intermittent eat, fasting. Yeah. So I, I, I you know, I eat at two o'clock and then I'll, I'll stop eating around uh, eleven. Is this why you're pretty so ripped? Late. Oh, I, I, you know, I tried, man. I'm, I don't know, man. I think I'm ripped <laughs> on the internet. I think I'm ripped on the internet because if I'm not ripped, I'm just not posting the picture. <laughs> oh 
Oh, brilliant. Uh, if there was a, f- a film made about made about your life, what would be the theme song? <laughs> just, just SpongeBob is the best day ever. It's the best <laughs> day ever. What man. a legend. What a legend. Oh, That's amazing. what I feel, man. I feel like... <laughs> What what would you find the easiest way to explain to people uh, the ethical, environmental, health a- aspects of a plant based vegan di- and vegan diet? So, out of those three things, like what's the the easiest way that you find to talk to people about our lifestyle? Oh, I, I find it ethical for sure. I remember seeing this commercial where this guy was on a he's on a train track and he was like, "Stop littering," you know, because it doesn't affect me. And there's a train coming. And he steps off the train track. He's an older guy. He's like 52 or something. No, 52. Sorry. When I watched, I was eight. So when he when I seen him, he was like, I was like, this dude's so old. <laughs> so he stepped off the train track. And there was a little girl. She was maybe like, you know, five, five or six. And then the screen went black, you know. And I thought that was really powerful. But people don't really care about the environmental because they don't really, they can't, they can't, they don't make the connection like that. Health reason, I mean, we're especially Americans, we're not healthy. <laughs> we don't, people don't even think of, of food as for health reasons. They think of it as vacation. Food is fuel for the body. Like you're supposed to, you, you know, people, people treat their cars better than they treat their body. So when you do ethical, people can relate, like that's what got me. You know, then everyone pretty much, you know, they tag along with everything else. But like I've made the connection with my, you know, my dog. And uh, I think people love, people most people are i believe most people are good people i mean i heard heard tony robbins say this thing where most people are good people there's only like three bad people in the world they just happen to move around a lot and i just like that and that's that's how i operate man i I really believe that most people are good people and then they're just that maybe they're just uh misguided i think for me ethical for sure i can because i feel like i can get their i can get the emotions be like boom my final question, which I like to ask all my guests, is if you were stuck on a desert island and it was just you and a pig, you're not going to eat the pig, obviously, because you're vegan. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. I could if I could give you one vegan dish, one music album and one book, what would you take with you? OK, wait, wait, wait. So one album, one music yeah. album, one, one vegan music dish album. and one, one book, dish. what would you take with you if you're stuck one on a book. desert island with your pig? I would friend. take Atomic Habits by James Clear. Just to remind me to stay in, you know, intact. You know, it's a great, it's a great book for being like, uh, you know, being productive. So whatever I plan on doing on that island, I'm gonna get it done. <laughs> and then the vegan dish I would take is uh, spicy fried rice with vegan steak. You know, that's what I would take. I get it in Orlando. I forgot the place, but it's just they make the best fried rice. I mean, some some fried rice is trash, but the I'm thinking of a specific, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of a specific fried rice. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good. And then the album I would take, I guess if I had to pick one, it'd be Stevie Wonder, uh, Key of Life. Good choice. Excellent choice. Mr. Preacher Lawson, thank you so much for joining us on the PBM podcast. What a pleasure to hear your story, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. I've been your host, Robbie Lockie, and this is the PBN Podcast. We'll be back next week with more veganism, food, fashion, people, animals, and everything in between. Thanks again to NewsAst, who kindly sponsored this episode. If you're on the hunt for a pea protein to boost your daily protein intake or to optimize your health, I definitely recommend checking out their products. Have a browse at newsest.com and don't forget to use the discount code PBN20 to get 20% off.